through us. We thank you because our city will not remain the same again. We thank you because our lives will not remain the same again. We thank you because there, there is about to be a shaking. Not just in us but around us. Thank you because everything is about to return to your original design. Thank you Father because you are changing everything. Even to obedience to Christ. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you the adoration. We bless you Lord. Just go ahead and just give him praise. Just go ahead and give him praise. Just go ahead and give him praise. Just go ahead and give him praise. Just bless his name. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become. More aware of your presence, and access me the glory, the glory, the glory. Let us become more of your presence, and access me the glory of your goodness. recognize someone who's beside you and just say hello say hello okay you're welcome to the second day uh, of our session I believe yesterday was really uh, interesting I had the opportunity of checking on um, online uh, some of the teachings that were going on so 
I, I, I was not around for the later part, but I was enjoying myself. It was like I was here. So today we're going to look at some, um, do a little bit of reflection on what happened yesterday. We do this all the time. Uh, it helps us to have a, a clear pathway to what we want to do today. So I'm going to be asking some questions on uh, uh, what we did yesterday and how it impacted on you. You just give us your own uh, insight on what you got. So how many of us were here yesterday? It's like, how many of us? If you just with a raise of a hand, just let us know how many of Okay, okay, okay. Okay, if you were not here, how many of us saw it online? So it's like as you were here anyway. So, okay, good. So um, we're doing a reflection. Or if you have testimonies while you were being taught or while the prayers were going on, what, uh, what you felt God was saying to you, it's our point. This, at this point, we're going to share it. Please, um, media, can you give us the other mic so that someone who's talking will let us know what they got. I was really uh, taking, <laughs> taking interest in, uh, into what Pastor Taz was saying yesterday. And when she said that she had a whole house, and um, that house, she was the last person. Not as in, <laughs> she was the youngest. So every person was <laughs> passing on the workload. And then she got a lot of <laughs> beating. When she <laughs> uh, however funny it may look, I, I'm, I'm not sure. She, telling the story now, she, she was laughing, but it wasn't interesting at that time. But I, I'm, I'm looking at her and, and looking at how she came out strong, talking to us yesterday. I, I was like, things happen. I mean, you think your story is wonderful, and then you look at somebody else's story and say, man, <laughs> you went through that too. So please... Um, We'd like to take on what you got from yesterday or if there are testimonies that you got, whichever you want to tell us, whether it's something you got or a testimony you want to share from the encounters you had yesterday. We'd like to have that now. So please, can I get someone to just indicate the mic is going around. mic is going around. It's not my show now, so I'm not the one talking. It's you are going to tell us. You can't say nothing happened because even while I was here, and also listen to other speakers. I was like, wondering, man, things are happening. And I listened to Reverend Ben. I was talking about how you could be leading and, you know, at the end of the day, you're really, you know, causing a lot of commotion on that. That was my own interpretation. So, who's going first? Please. It's part of the program. Please don't be shy. You just say what you, what you got. Somebody's, somebody's taking the mic. Okay. Please give us your name. It could be a testimony or what you got. And then that triggers to... Shalom. Shalom. My name is Harold. Harold, okay. Yes. Yesterday I got to learn a lot. One word really struck me. By Can pastor. Give us... It said, uh, lovers get more work done by workers. And it said we should run everything as a family even our businesses. And I got so many words. You're talking about Yes, yes okay. sir. Please just state so that we know how to connect. I got so many words telling me about relationship, building bridges in relationships that I've abandoned, family relationship, working relationship, and I got those words, and 
how to go about them. So I give God the praise. So wait, you have abandoned some relationships? Some relationships are not sweet as it's supposed to be sweet. Please, please family relationships. Please just be. We didn't say calling in name, but you know, if you help us and you don't leave us in a place where we are not too sure what you are saying, so that we don't. When you say uh, abandoned, what did they shoot you? Did they beat you? Did they harass you? Did they? They spoke wrongly about me and they spoke harshly. So I just shut the door and withdrew to myself. As in like they, did they gather to say it or it was at one time? One person. One, one, one person. person. Okay, now you're coming one down person. to where we are coming to. One person. So, so this one person, was he, a, was he a father figure or a mother figure or a sibling figure? Or a... Sibling figure. Wow, that's great. And this sibling figure, is he still around you? <laughs> <laughs> we're taking a we're taking a cue. Aren't you learning clearer now? Huh? The guy was talking, breaking it down for you guys. So, okay, fine, Harold. Is there any other person who wants to say something? Obviously, there's something that, that Harold got. Let's get someone else. Someone is quickly. You have the mic. I'm not seeing where the mic is going to. Ah, the mic has gone behind. Is there somebody on this way? Please help us out. Oh, you are coming back to me. Testimonies or something of that nature. Don't worry, I won't be. I won't do what I did to Harold again. I promise. I'll keep my mouth shut. You just talk and I. It's because some people are like, if that is what you're going to do, so then <laughs> you would have told us. So then, don't worry, I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut. Yeah, <laughs> please. Let's, we're not using it to uh, take ta- take our time. We just want to know how much, um, how much engaged you were yesterday. It can be just one word that that you got. It may be something that you know got to you, that you've, you, you meditated through the night, and you know, you held on to it. It could be something that led you to worship. Someone is there that led you to now spend time worshiping. It could be something that you left here and you kept on pondering on. So these are things, these are points. It helps us to know how to deal with uh, what we want to deal with today. So you don't have to be uh, so... Uh, praise All God. Right. Okay. Uh, my name is Tram Sue. Um, precisely, it was one statement made by that second lady that taught after you. Okay. I can't remember her name now. Pastor, Pastor Tass. Charles. Okay. Pastor, Pastor Tass, not Charles. Charles is <laughs> Pastor okay. Tass. Oh, Tass, okay. Um, she made a statement. She said um, she, every day she was waking up and she had this, like she was hearing a word from God every day. And she made a paragraph and said, God, when God said, He uh, will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, so that's, um, when I heard the word, I, I, I jumped from my chair because it was, um, it's, it's something very profound. I grew up in a, in, I grew up in churches where they always that feeling that God is looking for the bad thing you want to do this, watching out for this thing you want to commit, so that uh, hey, once you just commit sin, that's I was very sin conscious. So, and um, that was very very it affected many areas of my life also. But ever since I really got to understand that statement that God is a loving Father one, and that two. Is always me wherever I am. It gives me this assurance that um, I don't seek. I don't. Really, I, I love people. I love people to affirm me. But um, if they don't, people don't affirm me. No big deal because I I know God is with me. I know like I'm secured. My feet are drowning in His love. Nothing they happen. <laughs> I like that. Nothing they happen. All right. Somebody else, please. We want to take a cue. It helps us to go on. Thank you, Triumph. Thank you so much. If you also watched online and you want to see something from what you got, it's okay. 
I, 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 I was going to come to you. Please, give us your name so that we can... Bless me. Thank you so much. Shalom. My Shalom. name is Gloria. Um, yesterday, during the teachings, I could relate with you very well because to some extent, I'm the firstborn in my family. And when you talked about the part where they were referring to you as being the father to your siblings, I felt a burden being lifted because I am going through something like that. And you also said you had to forgive your father. And yesterday, at the close of the meeting, I, I chose in my heart to forgive my parents because some certain events happened which I knew it was not the intention to hurt me. And that left a scar. And I also discovered that for my healing process to start, I have to first of all forgive them and also forgive myself. Wow. Thank God. Great, great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, that's a testimony. Please, any other, any other, any other. I'm, I'm, don't, don't be scared. We're not, you see, now I've kept my promise. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't screen her again. <laughs> All right, there's one here. Bless be please. There's someone here. The ladies are taking it now. All right, three girls, three ladies, two guys. Guys, help me out here. <laughs> Shalom, family. Shalom. My name is Joan. Um, for, I came for the program yesterday. I was talking with a friend of mine about how I was having issues with my mom and like grudges of things she has done to me like since I was young I was still having it and we are living in the same house and every day I'm not happy with her things she says they get me more upset and everything so yesterday I talked about forgiving and um, I decided that I was going to actually try and start forgiving her because it's not easy. It's, it's, it's made me get angry over things, though I'm decided to keep it inside, Sha. But it made me get angry over and over again, and I felt it was not helping me. It was not healthy. So I've made a decision that I was going to forgive her. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That was powerful. Thank you. Okay. Any more? The clock is ticking. Juliet, you said you watched us online. <laughs> I, I just said you said. I wasn't coming to you. <laughs> All right. So I, I don't want to be coming close to people. All right. Okay. So, um, having said that, uh, we want to appreciate the fact that you were able to, you know, engage through the uh, teachings yesterday. We're going to start off today. And I believe that by the time we're uh, through with today's session and... Um, you've gotten the things that we're going to say today, I'm sure that God will start putting you on the right track. Ina Hinin is, you heard what we said, and I'll wrap up with this. Uh, it's like you have an onion, right? And you peel one out, and um, God keeps helping you to peel out every other thing. What I got from yesterday's teaching again, you know, was if you're not really committed to submitting yourself to God, you're going to be carrying burdens that you're not supposed to carry. You're going to be carrying pains that you're not supposed to carry. And then they create um, a, a, a blockade that makes it difficult for you to really renew your mind the way you're supposed to renew your mind. Save your soul the way you're supposed to save your soul. So please, let's rise on our feet right now as we welcome the Enigma herself. Come on now, let's rise on your feet and just celebrate her. For me, she's an enigma. Come, the way you are celebrating, I don't like it. Come on now. Let's welcome Pastor K. Benson Akide.
Pastor Tony. Pastor Tony, how long have we known? 28 years. 28 years. We have been together for 20 this this I saw I said this guy is looking older than usual. I'm just joking. We have known him for 28 years. You know how I met him? I couldn't pass exams, he couldn't pass too. Two of us decided to read the course we couldn't read. I was in the East trying to read medicine. He was in Benin City trying to read medicine. And we were failing nicely, woefully. We failed to the point that Wayek was almost going to use our name to teach people how to fill the form. Can you believe that? So because we were failing, they took us to, they took me to ICE. On his own, they also took him to ICE. I have met the youngest of us, the youngest sister. Pastor Tony didn't like to have anything to do with the way we were praying. So we never met at all, at all, at all. Uh, and the, the young man didn't used to take any picture. Anyway, we were even so busy praying that we didn't have time to take picture. Now, I go to ICE. Because I was leading prayer that day, I couldn't write my comprehension as I look uh, a test. I was looking for who had the question so I could write the test. I was just passing, and I met someone. Instead of asking him, where is the comprehension? I said, you are Tony. He said, yes, I'm Tony. He said, how did you know I'm Tony? I said, I don't even know how I know. Please follow me. And we have been together for 28 years. 28 years. He has beaten me, I have beaten him. We don't fight, we don't settle. So when he, got, when he used to get, get that angry, he was saying, yes, Pastor Tony, uh, uh, what is the problem? Why are you getting angry like this? And he also, I also bond him with my own woundedness. But thank God we're all recovering now. Let me tell Pastor Tony I love him. Just be seated. So all our speakers are here. All our speakers are here. Dr. Feisha Jackson. I met Dr. Feisha as a student in Okada University with one small car, Picanto. I will talk about it later. Praise the Lord. And what? And a pet rabbit. The day that rabbit died, all of us were crying. Because if you didn't cry, Feisha will keep malice with you. So all of us, she said, I said, which one I got to cry for rabbits? Praise the Lord. Okay, so what, I, what we'll do today is try to see whether you understood. Hanatu is there. Hanatu is a great woman, strong prayer warrior. I met her mysteriously too, mysteriously, where I went to preach, and my topic is what is success. By the time I finished, ah, we became sisters, lovers, brothers, sisters. I can't forget that day, she said ah, that the way you define so, since we were together. In fact, this laptop, sorry. Um, sorry, 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 sorry. And then Anguli, 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 you'll be hearing all of them today. You know, you know my joy, sitting down there, listening to them, I feel 10 times higher. I'm serious. I, I, I'm so, 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 uh, oh God that people who have been like people have mentoring are standing up they are doing wonders so i'm discussing with them how do we do this often since 
I won't have to bring, use money to bring you people. You come by yourself. Okay, Hannah to meet me in Bini. Feisha, you meet me in Bini. Uh, it didn't have to cost. The only thing it will cost is for the church to burn their diesel. So good. So good. So what I'll do is to try to see whether you remember some of the things we said yesterday. We spoke about that inner healing is the healing of memories and emotions. Of course, if you remember yesterday, we said that um, one of my teachers, Ken Fish, I'm a student of Ken Fish. Ken Fish defined the soul as mind, emotions, and will. Mind is actually memories. But also, uh, Dr. Abubako, I'm also a student of Dr. Abubako. Dr. Abubako went further to say that the soul has 12 gates. And then he began to mention those gates. I gave you some of those things yesterday. I just want to do a quick recap on those. You need to understand what the soul is. The mind, the heart, emotions, will. Mind, heart, emotions, will. Conscience, disposition, worldview. Mindset, perception. Understanding and relational skill. Mind, heart, emotions, will. Conscience, disposition, worldview. Mindset, perception, understanding, and relational skills. Each of these you take, you are correct. Each of them. Any one you take, you are correct. And what I tried yesterday is to show you what could happen. If you take um, that um, the soul is mind, which is memories, uh, will, and emotions. If you take that, and then we want to look at, give me five minutes for this for this. Maybe five. Let me stop this at 10 and then I will hand over microphone. Very no, I've, I've not started. I'm doing a recap. Thank you. Ezenwa. God blessed me with people. 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 We just finished God's secret preparation yesterday. Many of them had to come and sleep in my house to make sure that it is comfortably done. A group will pray at two. A group will pray at two online. Another group pray at two. Very young people. God bless them. So I was saying to you that I want you to understand that future mind, that is future memories, and then present mind, that is present current memories, and then past mind, that is past memories. And we defined yesterday that imagination is part of the future mind or memories. And we also told you that um, ability to conceptualize something that does not exist. And we gave you an example of Thomas Edison. For you to stand here, think out something, imagine something that does not exist. That has to do with the future mind. So I can stand here and imagine having set of twins. The moment I do that imagination, my emotions will engage. Now, if your memories are damaged, it is difficult, very, life will be difficult. That difficulty in life is you can't imagine something positive. You will always imagine something negative. That's explaining future memories. If your memories are damaged, either by circumstances or situations or bad things that happen to you, or like my daughter Osas was showing you yesterday, uh, that thing she was showing you, we use it in inner healing, we call it um, uh, the, the map that how relationships occur. 
if your mind has been damaged either by type A wound or, or by type B wound, it will affect your current emotions, current memory, your present mind. It will affect it. If you have been damaged by type A, type A means A means absent. The things you are actually supposed to get, the things that legitimately you are supposed to get that you didn't get, get, it will damage your mind. Remember, pain feels the same, whether legitimate or illegitimate. <clears throat> Notice that stray bullet is still painful. Stray bullet still kills. For instance, because of the nature of my work, most of the time I'm not around. There was a year we were traveling. We took our children and went to Pastor Mercy and gave to Pastor Mercy that they would stay with her because that absence could damage their mind. That thing, I went to do the work of God. However, their little mind cannot understand that. It could damage their mind. It could damage their memory. That's type A wound. Type B wound are now bad, bad things that has ever happened to you. Most times when we talk about inner healing, you're thinking about, oh, nobody sexually abused me, nobody defiled me, nobody raped me. It's much more than that. The things you are supposed to, so that's type A and type B. And I used to think that the type B wound was the worst kind of wound until I began to study further and discover that the type A wound is the worst part of it. Type B wound is that somehow, somehow, you will remember that that thing happened. But type A is that it is there. You won't even know that that thing is there. And I used to think that people who actually came up from relatively stable, uh, stable families, stable environment, don't have any kind of woundedness. Until I discovered that wounding does not happen intentionally. You don't intentionally get someone wounded. Someone can be wounded by neglect. Someone can be wounded by physical abuse. Someone can be wounded by all kinds of things. And I was saying yesterday that a little child who goes to buy ice cream, and while he was coming back from buying ice cream, the ice cream drops from his hands. That incident can wound the child. That's why you should never trivialize anybody's pain. You should never think that what you're going through is more important and more significant than what another person is going through. Because you really don't know what will hurt someone. And we must now allow the Holy Spirit to lead us so that our words and our actions. So you can even hurt someone without knowing you have hurt the person. Like Pastor Otas was saying yesterday. But faithful is the wound of a friend. When they cut you, when you go for surgery, they cut you. They cut you for good reason. But you will still feel pain. Beautiful. So the current mind, I'm saying that day-to-day -day happenings, Something is happening now. That is unbound is happening. Your ability to interpret it, inter interact with the world, and then understand it is part of inner healing. Your ability to interact with what is happening in the world and then understand what is happening in the world is part of inner healing. But if your memory has been damaged, you can look at what is happening in the world, you're not able to interact with the world. You can withdraw and isolate. You are still in the, in the midst of people. And when you withdraw and isolate, you come to another place of codependency. We'll talk about all of that very shortly. It's not part of my conversation today. It's not part of our conversation. So I'm showing you line to line 
how these things affect people. Now, I've spoken about current mind. So, you are not able to interact with the world. You're not able to understand what is happening in the world. Sometimes your, 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 your memories are damaged. And then we, let's now talk about the past memories. That's the one all of us understand. Something that happened to us yesterday, something that happened to us two days ago. So, if you take that and put it past emotion, current emotion, and future emotion, you, you, if you put it in the same way, it's the same thing. That something, you sit down here, you imagine yourself getting married to Mr. Right, a knight in white shining armor. You haven't gotten married, automatically you are happy, you feel excited by that thing that has not happened. That is future emotion. You also stand here, maybe while you were coming to register, someone said something mean to you, someone said something bad. It affects your emotions here. And then past emotions, some things that happened to you yesterday, how it made you feel. We have a chart that we use to trace these things. That was what Pastor, uh, Pastor was showing you yesterday, Pastor Taz was showing you yesterday. There is a chart. Something happens to you. That's first of all. It's called pressure pattern. Someone puts a pressure on you. That pressure pattern, either type A or type B pressure pattern, will cause you to feel somehow. That feeling, we have identified 16 different negative feelings. It from being abandoned, being neglected, and all of that. It will now make you start behaving somehow. You can see moral failure. You can see negative thoughts. You can see, uh, um, you can see uh, um, hypocritical living. You can see fear and all of that. You can see anger. And then the, it brings you to a place where you, you either lock your heart against people, even against God. These are the conversations we are having when we have inner healing. And it is my desire, I was, I was sharing with uh, some of my people yesterday, it is my desire that we become healthy. See, our testimonies as God's people will be stronger if we are healthier. Someone said that when she, he became a Christian, when he became a Christian, he looked at all the Christians around her and discovered that the same thing he's going through is what all those Christians are going through. In terms of behavior, in terms of feeling, he said, I sleep with my girlfriend, they also sleep with theirs. So how, how would they invite me to church? He said, the only reason, the only way they are better than me is that they go to church regularly. But everything I see in my behavior is not different from the what I saw in theirs. A young girl was saying to me that she interacted with someone from a different religion. I won't mention the name of religion. And she said that that person was more caring that person was more understanding than the, the, I don't want to say pastoral Christian brothers. I don't want to say, uh, anyway, put it this way. Christian brothers who have been in the Lord, born in, in the things of God. Do you understand? He said he looked at them that if not that she understands the Bible, she would have preferred to follow this person of a different religion because of his behaviors. So I want to call you to up to something that is very important. See, I have battled things, so I have battled things. I gave my life to Christ in 1985. Between 1985 and the Lord helped me to 2016, I saw myself battling one thing. I will battle that thing. I will stand. I will fall. I will stand up. I, will, I was battling one thing. Until my husband looked at me one day. And came back from a Randy Clark program. He went to Bethel. Came back from Bethel 
and gave me a form and said, my, my wife, I need you to fill this form. I read the form and I said to myself, this is actually what I've been looking for without knowing, having the answer. I have been doing relational programs. Dr. Feisha that is here is, was the general manager of the relational if Living Your Dreams. When she comes, maybe she can talk about it. We, 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 every hall in Benin, at a point we didn't have any hall again at that time to put young people. We were having that program every month, every, once a month, every Monday. Once a month, every Monday. Four to seven, four to seven. We jammed every hall. We didn't want to go to the stadium. It wasn't a concert. But we were, we were seeing that even the things that we are talking about the things 24 things to say before you to do before you say i do 16 things we saw that even some of the people who were in that our team those people who were in that some of the people who were in that team who were joining us to plan were even for they, they will read it and go and do another thing and then you, you, you have incidences where some of the people who have attended uh, the program, uh, they, they, they have just had abortion with their girlfriends, and they speak in tongues. And the guest, I'm going to report you, you're you attending Pastor Kesu, I'm going to report you. And I say, but you attend this program every month. You hear me preach this thing, we raise our hands, you fall on the floor, you go out and you do this thing. Look at four girls, all of them following you, only you, are you Solomon? So I just knew that, yes, Christianity is that you give your life to Christ, but you must now go from conversion to renewal of the mind. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Be you transformed by the renewal of your mind. People should come around us and we will smell and taste like Jesus. Let my whole life tell of who you are. Let my whole life tell of your unfailing love. So my friends, I want you to take this ministry very seriously. There are several ways inner healing can happen. It can happen if our worship, worship leaders, if our worship leaders are healed themselves, if our worship leaders are healed and they lift up worship, they can transfer onto us fragrances of divine healing. If our ministers on the altar are healed and they stand up, they can transfer it to us. Just like physical healing can happen while you're just singing and worshiping God in church, physical healing can happen. Like the one that Pastor Fe Dr. Feishayo was explaining to us. One of our mothers in church, 76-year-old woman. Last year, the doctor called me and said they found stones in her gallbladder. So when she came, we spent time praying. We prayed, we prayed. And when we finished praying, I remembered another sister that God healed of that thing. I told the sister to tell her everything she did. The sister explained everything to her. We finished. She went back. But she continued to join us online. If you check now, Mama will be online. If you check now, Mama will be online. She continued. Dr. Feishayo is a member of family. So her daughter was talking with Feishayo. What do we do? What do we not do? So it was time for surgery. Feishayo let them repeat the report, the, the result. They repeated the test. The thing had gotten worse. It was one stone. Now it's multiple stones and they're even growing larger. Remember that we had prayed. And they were preparing for surgery. 
two specialists have said she must go for surgery. Faye said, I heard a voice. She said, I heard a voice to say, repeat that test again. And they went and repeated the test. They couldn't find one stone. That's physical healing. You see how it happened. So just like physical healing, you can be in church praying and it can happen instantly. You can go for a crusade. You can also come on one-on-one. It, it can happen, all of that. The same way inner healing. You can be in church during, during intense worship. It can happen. It can also happen one-on-one. It's not something to criticize. It is something to be part of. So, let's do a little, um, say, what is inner healing? Yesterday, we did an introduction. What is inner healing? I won't have time to ask you to tell us what you think inner healing is. So let's begin to look at the scripture. Let's read together Isaiah chapter 51 verse 7. Listen to me, you who know what is right. You people with my law in your heart. Do not fear the scorn of men, nor be broken at their insult. Say be broken at their insult. Say I will not be broken at their insult. Say their insult will not break me. I can't hear you. Say their insult will not break me. Say their insult will not break me. If you look at that scripture, the word there is right. It's actually the, the idea of the word righteousness. The word there right comes from the idea of righteousness which has on, under its foundation wholeness. Righteousness and wholeness are supposed to be the same thing. Now listen. How do you know you are healed up and you are solid in your soul? That scripture back. It says, you will not be, you will not fear the scorn of men. The scorn of men doesn't affect you anymore. Their insult doesn't break you. you are, your self-worth is not affected by their scorn any longer. You're no longer living by fear of failure. Fear of failure just simply means that if I meet the standard of the people, certain people, I'll feel okay about myself. If I get the approval of certain fear of fear of fear of failure means standard of certain people. Fear of rejection means approval of certain people. If certain people approve of me, I'm okay. That's con of men. Another one is, I am what I am. I can't change. I can't change at all. That's self-condemnation. When you are actually healed, you are not, you are not, you now play for audience of one. It's one person. I'm, I'm just here to please one person. Until you are free of yourself and free of man, you are not really free. Question. This question, God asked me this question in my study while we're preparing for inner healing. He said, are you free? And I said, I I'm free. He said, the moment you are no longer, you are no longer addicted to the approval of men and you are free from yourself, you are really free. So many of us here, what ticks you, what makes you get excited is how many people love me how many people cannot this needs to work i need to get out of here so that my people can come and bless the people 
when people have been injured, what do they do? Read it with me. I can't hear you. When people have been injured, what happened? When people have been injured, their responses to the past hurts and memories are often ungodly. So we're going to do a track record. Most times, you are actually, you are actually broken by people who are closest to you. So it's, most times, it's not intentional. The people who break you the most are the people who are closest to you. Sometimes your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, members of your family, those of you in the same department, those of you in the same church. So what should you do when these things happen? So what I want to do is I want to give us about seven or eight definitions of inner healing. And I'd like to tell you this story as we start. I heard this story from <clears throat> one of my teachers. He said, a particular boy filled with the Holy Spirit all sold out to God. But each time he goes to school, his classmates will begin to bully him. And they were bullying him because of his faith. He was suffering rejection. He was hated because of his faith. One particular day, while they were started bullying, he started running. And as he was running, he came to these houses that were... That were <clears throat> built on sticks so he went under the houses that was due to erosion these other boys took stone and were stoning him they stoned him to the point that he was completely injured by the time he came out from that place they discovered that in the process of time his zeal for evangelism started dying he could no longer speak about his faith in the public because of those things that happened. And he didn't know what was wrong. They thought that he was backsliding, but they didn't know that he was reacting to a pain. He was responding to something that had happened to him. And so when he went through an inner healing program, he went through one-on-one -on -one inner healing program, they were able to correct those ungodly responses. <clears throat> one of my teachers... Dr. Randy Clark mentioned his need for inner healing. He said, when he was teaching, he said that he believed that if Catherine Kuhlman calls God, God will come. Maurice Lillo calls God. Benny Hinn calls God. A man of God that is doing signs and wonders because then he was supposed to go to Canada to go and minister. And he was developing cold feet. And he said he believes that if he calls God, God will not show up. He didn't know where that belief system entered him. But he had it inside him. But each time it was supposed to go for that thing, he would start drawing his leg back. Until when he went through inner healing, he discovered that it happened, that his dad will always tell him that I will come for your sports event. And never shows up. So everybody's father will be there. It will be only him. So this particular day, the dad actually reassured him that I'm going to come. And he waited and waited. And people were there to cheer their children. But the father never came. So that's what gave him that ungodly responses to life. So he felt that 
every other person that calls God to show up, he believes that if I'm doing this healing crusade and I call the Holy Spirit, any other person will come. But when it has to do with me, God will not come. A young girl shared with me yesterday. She said her sister was taken to the hospital to go and give birth. She felt that something was wrong. She started praying. She started praying. She said she was on her knees. Her sister died. She didn't know her sister had died. I didn't know her sister had died. But she knew that the husband came in, went again, came in. She held the sister's picture, held anointing oil, poured it on the sister's picture. She was sharing with me yesterday. She was at the meeting. She said she didn't know. It was yesterday she realized that she has had this. Her heart was broken. She didn't believe that God will answer prayers that has to do with healing anymore. She believed that if I pray to God for money, he will give me money. If I bet, if it has to do with healing and being restored back and said yesterday while the meeting was going on, I started asking God, how did this belief system come into me? She discovered that while she held the sister's picture and called God and called God and called God and called God and called God, and called God the sister still died. So it destroyed, it damaged her memory and destroyed her belief system. Lift your hand, say father. Say father. I ask you to give me a breakthrough in my belief system. Let your amen thunder. Say, Father, I ask you to give me a breakthrough in my belief system. Let's try again. Say, Father, I ask you to give me a breakthrough in my, in my belief system in the name of Jesus. Okay, so let's begin to define what inner healing is. Let's begin to define what inner healing is. God cannot lie. His words must surely come to pass. He will never, never lie. God cannot lie. Never, never lie. God cannot lie. He will never, never lie. So everybody, we're going to take a journey. You can get the message. You can get the message. Because of time, we always have to run. So that sister, when she was talking to her yesterday, she went to the peak experience, she broke down and she started crying. False beliefs will always lead to false, 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 false things. I showed that to them at this last service on Sunday. When your beliefs are false, it will affect your thinking. And when your thinking is affected, it will affect your emotions. And when your emotions are affected, it will affect your relationship. And most problems are at the relationship level. If God is going to do anything for you, he will do it through relationship. I got this laptop through a relationship. I got the phones I'm using relationship. In fact, when I got this laptop, I said, God, if you just add an apple to it, it will just work together. And I got that relationship. Everything God is going to do for you, will do it through relationship. May the Lord help you to be healthy enough to develop healthy relationships in the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus. Number one, what is inner healing? I hope I've not blown too fast. Okay. What is inner healing? Inner healing is the release of inner and physical pain from your soul. Inner healing is the release of 
inner and physical pain from your soul. I describe it as the anguish that hurts you, the unresolved emotions that will arise from a lot of issues. Do you know that if you have had issues, if you have had your sexuality tampered with, either through abuse or whatever it is, you will have shame issues around sexuality. You have issues with shame. When you marry, if, if your love language is touch and you are sexually abused, when you marry, it will show up. You, would want, you will have a serious challenge with that. You will feel dirty. You will feel shameful when it has to do with sex. Again, if you have also been damaged, it can turn, your sexuality was damaged, it can turn the other way. You might have a challenge with your sexual orientation or you might be addicted to sex. That's what you mean, you, you mean by the person is functioning dangerously. To function dangerously is that you are functioning in a manner that is very harmful. And like Pastor Messi was sharing with us yesterday, once you are impacted, once you are broken in your memory or your relational skills or your understanding or your disposition or your worldview or your perception about life, once you are broken in those places, you break people around you. Once you're broken, you break things. If you were bullied as a child, you might find some emotions swelling, welling up inside you and we will hold these emotions. When you come into a place that reminds you of that bullying, it will, you will trigger and then you will behave in such a way that people will be wondering, what is the problem? And we thought that this person is filled with the Holy Spirit and born again. He's filled with the Holy Spirit and born again, but his mind has not been renewed. Lift your hand and say, Father, at this inner healing program, I don't want to medicate pain. Now listen, there are many people we know who are medicating pain. Pain hates to be pushed. When the level of pain is so high, like my daughter Tat was saying yesterday, when it is severe, you'll also see it in your responses. Many of us are just coping. You're not supposed to cope. You were not created to cope. You were created to live. You are not created to exist. You were created to live. Some of us are coping with the remote control in their hands and the television. Some of us, your phone has become a coping mechanism because it is solving a problem that God is supposed to solve. Some of us are, are coping with porn. Some of us are, so, are coping with different kind of sexual orientation. Some of us are coping with drugs. Some of us are, some of us are even coping with, with religion. There are many people who are coping with religion. There are many people who have picked up jobs, picked up career, but they are using it to cope. It is actually medicating something for you. So it's not, it's not just bad things that people use to cope. Sometimes the things that you pick up that are good, you are actually using it to cope. A man had a wandering spirit and he became an evangelist in a church. And was doing very well. After his inner healing, they discovered that he had a different kind of uh, 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 desire for a different kind of job. Mm. When people have gone through emotional distress, when people have gone through mental breakdown, if you want to know how painful pain is or what pain can do, Ask people who were in communist China. Ask people who were in, there during the, the, the North Korea when they were going through that stretch. There was a time Christianity was passing through a lot of problems in South Korea. Pain is not easy. Lift your hand and say, Father, help me not to cope. Help me not to cope. 
I was reading about people, usually when people return from war, they are suffering from PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. You discover that these people, they can't keep their marriage. They become a shadow of their former self. They can't keep marriages. They can't keep relationships. They are angry. They are restless. They are bitter. They can't find peace. Oftentimes, even there is pain in their body. And when you take these people through an inner healing, you discover that they become a new part. They become new people. What is inner healing? Number two. Pass that. I want to be sure I'm not missing number two. When people have been injured, their responses to past hurts and memories are often ungodly. Inner healing is the correction of those ungodly responses. How do you respond? What are your responses like? Do your responses, do they carry the imprint of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Those fleshly ungodly responses that we see in you is a sign of woundedness. We are not saying that when someone gets you angry, that you shouldn't be angry. Of course, Bible says be angry, do not sin. But the level of the anger and the level of the incident are the things we should look at. Just imagine that you're trying to drive into a car park and someone just comes and blocks you. And you come out of the park, car park, pull your shirt like this, and you meet the person before the person says anything. You give the person two dirty slaps, and before the person talks, you give the person shagalo, and you pounce on the person on the floor. And they are now trying to remove you from the person the way they remove cat from, from rat. And they ask you, What happened? He said, he, he, he just, I wanted to park. He just took over my park. It can't be that thing. Pastor Tess was talking about a particular person that, that will shout and shout and shout. He said, you will, soon, you will soon fall. Sometimes your responses to things that happen is like using a gun to kill a mosquito. The rest, so it's not really what happened that you're responding to. It, the what happened just brought your trigger of what has been happening. So inner healing is a correction of those ungodly responses. The responses that should come from your memories and your emotions should not be ungodly. It should be like the fruits of the Holy Spirit. If you have been hurt here, where this flower is, and tomorrow you're going somewhere where this other flower is, these two flowers look alike. It's not this flower that hurts you. It is this one that hurts you. The only difference is that this flower looks like this flower. The similar situation. When you come into this place, you go trigger. And you're not supposed to live like that. In one moment, you're a very gentle man. And in another moment, we, do, we can't understand. There are some people, when they get angry, you will wonder whether it's still the same people. Hasn't it, hasn't it happened to you? You see the person angry. The person will practically go from a lamb to a monkey. Lift your hand and say, Father, I don't want to be responding like this. Have you seen people that when they are tired, they will use a woman to step down? Even if they are married. You, you live in Benin, you travel to Abuja, and then you are exhausted. You just finished uh, de uh, uh, defending the contract or whatever it is, and you are given the contract, and you are exhausted. You want to step down. You look like this, look like this. Anything that is a woman, use it to step down. No, it's not that your wife is not there. It's that you are sick. I said before now that what we, what we used to talk about the, the reigning issue was porn. Porn was the reigning issue. 
Now everybody is talking about it. In fact, women are even in the, the problem we have now is rage and anger. Many of our children are walking away from the faith because what we are teaching and what we are living out are two different things. There are many teenagers who don't want to have anything to do with church. There are many people who are angry with church. The, the father they see in church, they see their father, their father is a deacon or a deaconess or an elder in church. They see that their father is very loving, very nice to everybody in church. But when they get home, the same father who is nice, who will smile, even if you match the father's leg in church, the father will say, oh, glory be to God, glory be to God. But you make the same mistake at home. Your father wants to cut off your head. They'll ask themselves, which one should I follow? The father in church? The fa- Let me just uh, leave for this. It's a, it's, a, it's a lie. Number four, three. What is inner healing? Inner healing is reframing the past. Inner healing is reframing the past. Giving a new meaning to what happened yesterday. I'm sure if I don't go more than this, I'm sure I have interpreted. I've given you enough for you to understand what inner healing is. Reinterpreting the past event. As you have in the flight, is seeing past events or situations from a different perspective, which is tremendously helpful in solving problems, making decisions, learning and changing how you feel about the situation. Let's take it one after the other. In one sentence, that is reframing and reinterpreting the past. That's what inner healing is. But for the purpose of explanation, inner healing is seeing the, the past events or situation from a different perspective. It's not that the situation has changed, but it's just how you see it has changed. Yesterday you heard Pastor Taz. He said if you have a cup and you put uh, um, uh, red ink in that cup and then put water, if you have... If this, my glasses is red, all of you will be red. If this glasses is purple, all of you will be purple. The events have not changed. The people have not changed their behavior. But how you see it has changed. Your understanding of it has changed. You have a different perspective. Your mindset about it has changed. The situation is still the same. But how you see it has changed. That's maturity. And this change is necessary and helpful, helpful when you want to make decisions. You're no more making decisions from, I'm broken, I want to revenge. No. You're making decisions from another perspective. You're no more solving problems from your woundedness. You're not coping to solve problems. You are now living out your destiny. Pastor Daniel was praying today. I love the prayer. He said, God, the, what has happened to me that has reset me, that has, Yeshua Shamaika, that has destroyed the balance, what has happened to me? I ask you now, Lord, reset, press the reset. Adana, come, how did you say that thing? That was, let's let, come and say it again. While you were praying, he said something that was so strong. One sentence that captured everything we are doing. Give him a microphone. While you were praying, you said it. Let him say it again. Okay, the prayer was that um, wherever... Um, the pressures of life or the circumstances of life has edited who That's I was supposed word. to be. Wherever, reset. wherever the pressures and the circumstances of life has edited who I'm supposed to be, Lord, press reset. Hey, strong prayer. Whatever type A or type B events that has edited, oh my God, 
Do you know what it means to grow up without a father? God put your father in your life for a reason. Your father is in charge of, what's those things I teach people in healing school? Your father is in charge of what? Identity. And your father is in charge of what again? Protection. And your father is in charge of what? That's the responsibility that the God of heaven gave your father. And then at seven or eight, he walks out of the house. As he's walking out, identity is going with him. Protection. This is inside you, you feel insecure. Then nothing happens. God didn't bring, another father did not come to come and suit that thing. There is a vacuum already in your heart. But inner healing comes. You take the same situation. It's a different meaning altogether. It helps you to solve problems better. It helps you to make a better decision. Among that, it helps you to change the way you feel about the situation and learn. Now let's take scriptures. Let's take Joseph. The situation hadn't changed. The, the brothers that betrayed him were still the ones that betrayed him. It's still the same brothers. But when they came in front of him and they, the first thing Joseph did, Joseph cried. The Bible says he cried that the whole of Egypt heard him. Go and check it. The Bible says that. That is the peak experience of inner healing. That's why you find out those of you, when you're going to inner healing, you come to a place, you find out that nobody will beat you. You find yourself crying. And you ask yourself, where is these tears coming from? The moment he got to that peak experience, the next thing he said to his brothers, you meant it for evil, is reframed already. His definition of what happened has been reframed. He has reinterpreted the past event. He said that there is a redemptive solution to that thing you did. Immediately, God opened heaven for him to see that you needed, you have to be here to be a prime minister. So however way you came here is not the issue. The redemptive solution is for you to be here and be a prime minister. The same events, the same brothers standing in front of him, but the events have been reframed in front of him. And I was telling you about the disciples who were going to Amaos. They were destabilized and shattered because of Jesus' absence. He said, we thought he was the one that is supposed to bring hope. It's the same way just your father, your mother, your husband. You felt that two of you are going to be together and he's going to behave well. And two of you will just be nice, sweet people. And all of a sudden, he just turned his back and does something very terrible. And then you, you're looking for gone or tapia pia. Uh, like Pastor Ota said yesterday, he said, you wish that if he travels, that he shouldn't come back. It is a level of pain that will make someone think like that. But in inner healing, the situation has not changed. But your interpretation of it has changed. For the people who were traveling to Emmaus, you know what they now saw? After Jesus, as Jesus was talking to them, that was inner healing going on. As he was talking to them, when they sat down and ate together at the communion, their eyes were open. Was their eyes closed before? The events that happened broke them. They couldn't understand God's ultimate plan. But the moment they went through inner healing, the whole thing was reframed. Jesus still had died, of course. Uh, he, but they now saw that there's going to be a resurrection that will turn their lives around. It was reframed. I could go on my own and show you different people in the Bible that it was reframed. The Bible didn't call it inner healing. But if you look at it and you understand the concept of inner healing, it is what it is. I told you one of Peter yesterday who was disappointed with himself. He was feeling so guilty that this thing I did, I shouldn't have done it. 
And you know, if, if, if you take me a little side and I talk about guilt and I talk about shame, shame and guilt are the same, the same things, but they act from different perspectives. Shame has to do with your identity. Guilt has to do with what you did or what you did not do. When people are under the, the, the feeling of rejection, fear of rejection, they come under shame, not guilt. They come under people pleasing. They come under codependency relationship. Then they even come under uh, withdrawal and isolation. When people are under the fear of failure, they come under guilt. They come on, they, they, I was sharing with that with you yesterday. They start feeling guilty. And from feeling guilty, let's come back here. Say, Lord, help me to reframe what happened. Help me to reframe what happened. Help me to reframe. Help me to reinterpret what happened. I was saying that when things happen to you, you view life from your woundedness. But when you have gone through inner healing, when you have gone through inner healing, the misconception is not where you view life from. You start viewing life from God's ultimate plan. What else is inner healing? Okay, I'm going to stop in seven minutes. Inner healing is my exchange of past events, past negative events for positive ones. Say inner healing is the exchange of my past negative events for positive ones. See, when someone has gone through inner healing and you have been truly healed, your trigger will not trigger you anymore. It's not that people will not do those things. I want you to understand. Because some people, when they go to inner healing, but they will say, ah, but uh, I've gone to, I'm still going back to the people who caused the pain. No, you will still go back to them. You know you are healed if those trigger doesn't happen again. Maybe if you go to the basement, you have this fear, something, you have this psychological breakdown. But after inner healing, you go to that place, you discover that it's not like that anymore. Say, Lord, heal me and I'll be healed. In the name of Jesus. And the last part, inner healing is generally a process, it's not an event. Inner healing is a process, it's not an event. Now, inner healing is actually series and series of very powerful events. Very powerful events in a process. Say inner healing is not an event. It's a process. So there are many powerful events along the process. My conclusion for you is, you're going to, I notice that when God takes out the, the main pain, we call it the ark pain. When God takes off the ark pain, every other thing is taken care of. During the 12 o'clock prayer, I will come and take you through a prayer on inner healing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is as much as we can take on this particular edition. You'll be asking us questions. If you don't get to ask us questions today, tomorrow evening we'll allow you to ask us questions. Say, Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I ask you to enable me to come to a place where the main pain is touched in Jesus' name. Everybody look at me. Once he take, it touches the main pain, 
you see that there is a reversal. And that even when you go through other inner healing processes, you go to other inner it's not as intense as the first pain. Someone asked me, how many times should I go to inner healing? How many times have you been prayed for healing? And we have also noticed in our experiences in inner healing, because man is connected, sometimes when someone has an emotional problem, you deal with the emotional problem, the, sickness, the physical sickness goes. Also, we have had an enlarged heart. We took care of the, 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 the healing of the memory and the, the emotions. The moment that was taken care of, instantly the heart issues were resolved. And for me, I will always send you back to the medical doctors. Go back and check that you are well. So the person brought two results. The first result, it was enlarged heart, problem in the, in the, is it truth? What those of you, uh, thyroid, yeah. Those who have problem in the thyroid and all of that. All that was completely healed by just one experience of inner healing. And I pray today that God will help you to know that inner healing is not new age. It's not a new age spirituality. It is Jesus. It's this transforming power of Jesus coming through you and then taking out the woundedness. Everybody stand on your feet. And like the prayers we said yesterday, ask him, Lord, help me to identify the main pain. Help me to identify the main pain. Lift up your voices. Dr. Feishaya will be taking the microphone from me very shortly. Help me. Say, Lord, help me to identify the main pain in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask you, because you created me, whatever has edited my life, either type A wound or type B wound or circumstances, whatever pressure pattern has damaged my emotions and damaged my memories lord in this conference help me to identify it and also help me to recognize the fall the cause also help me to recognize the cause so that i can resolve it lord i don't want to be fixed I want to be reset in the name of Jesus. Lord, you have the map of my life. I ask you to look at the original map in your mind. And the me that is standing here today, I ask for a reset to your original pattern. In the name of Jesus, Lord, whatever be the cause of this problem, Whatever be the cause of my ungodly responses, because of past hurts and woundedness, I present myself like Moses presented himself in Exodus chapter 34. I ask you, help me to lift the stones away. Lord, whatever is heavy in my emotions, in my belief system, help me to lift them from my hands. In the name of Jesus, every part of my life that need to come into balance in this 221, in this 2021, I want to be healthy. I don't want to function dangerously. I don't want to function in a harmful way. In the name of Jesus, help me spiritually 
Help me physically. Help me in every dimension. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit. I can't hear you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. I ask for your help today. I ask for your help today. There is someone here. The Lord is healing a problem in this eyes. This is the way you're standing will be the right eyes. The Lord is healing, is touching your white eyes, and then he's healing it in the precious name of Jesus. I want to recommend a test book for you. I want to recommend a test book for you. It's called Healthy Building Healthy Relationship. Some of the issues that we're discussing, you're going to find them. And then the prayers that we're going to be taking, they're very strong prayers. He said, I want you to get a copy, just 500 naira. Let them bring it, let's so that you can get a copy. Dr. Feyishaya, are you somewhere? Ah, what is happening? This one doesn't look like Feyishaya. This looks like Angoli. All right. I'm sure they have made a swap behind. This, this girl is my first church member. First, that's the first person that attended my fellowship in, in she was the first person in Benin City that saw me prophesy and he saw me prophesying to a man that is very tall and he saw me screaming and shouting she couldn't relate ah, this, when you are with me you're just like a lamb you're there you're just like a and she ran away from me she's you see the way she smiles that's the meaning of her name her name is Angli this is Pastor Tony's younger sister help me give her and she's a director of she, this, this program, this is her program. This program is her program. We're all just facilitating for her. Praise the Lord. Praise God. <laughs> when they finish talking like this. <laughs> Shalom, everyone. Please sit down. Thank you so much, Mama. God bless you. Um, I call her my sunshine and she literally is a sunshine for me and i think for everyone she comes across that she literally lights up the room when she comes up uh, a huge percentage of who i am today is because of pastor k not because i'm telling stories i i started living with her when i was in gss2 and believe me i left secondary school a long time ago <laughs> so everything about me my marriage my children relationships she's a part of everything and i'm sure when i tell stories today i probably will know at least you will know because i remember one time when uh, i was in a relationship that was very very deadly and i was the only person who didn't see that the relationship was deadly she practically bundled me and locked me in the room took my phone and took everything and said anything that wants to happen, let it help. <laughs> Mama, thank you so much because I probably would have been probably would have been dead by now in that relationship. I don't know how many of you have been in a relationship that you know is bad but you, you don't know is bad. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows deep down you know that that relationship is terrible. You know that that relationship is leading nowhere. But something just tells you he loves me. You understand? Now, this he loves me so. I was the MD of the choir. I was a tongue-speaking person. But when it came to that part, I was dead. This person practically had my entire life. So, 
Pastor K and it's good to have a family. Mama and my family members practically bundled me and bundled me to the house and locked me. I said, this one, this relationship, you will not enter. Anything that wants to happen, let it happen. And I thank God for that because when I see this person, I ask myself, now this present me, I ask myself, how are you so foolish to be following that? I don't, I don't understand you. Do you understand? And God will open our eyes in Jesus' name. Okay, so I think I'm here to just um, buttress the fact my senior colleagues have been speaking. Not everybody, forget that thing that they said that I'm director, I'm just an omoshe. My senior colleagues spoke yesterday and like Pastor Ta said yesterday, when your, the boss of bosses has finished talking, what do you now want to say? You just come and tell story. Praise God. Okay, um, I'm a teacher and I like to always use so. Auntie Ruth, please, can I have your glasses? Is there someone who, somebody who uses glasses here? Or I'll need a volunteer, please. Fast, fast, fast. Anybody? Uh, uh, thank you. God bless you. Okay. Thank you so much. Ahem. Please, fine girl. Pretty woman, please come. Don't look at how this one has uh, mighty, mighty children. Our children are in university. Oh, yeah. Okay. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, read. Please read this. We were all originally created by okay, God. It's so easy for you to read. It's not that easy. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. So... But you can read it with your own glasses, right? Perfectly. All right. Please, can I have that scarf you're wearing? Thank you. Thank you. Fast, 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 fast. You know they are timing me. Uh-uh. People have not said time me. Time me or time me. Let me not scatter your hair. Okay. So please, uh, can you see? No. Uh-uh. No, I want you to see you. Can you see? Can you see at Just all? All right. Uh, can you tell me where F.A. is? Ah. <laughs> you know F.A. now? F.A. boy. F.A. boy. No. Can you tell me where he is? No. Ah, look well now. Is this side this church? What about Moses? I can't see you can't see Moses. All right. Okay, so you have seen her. Praise God. All right, now, you know why I use that 
I'll read it. Please put my slide. I would read that and I'll tell you. We were all originally created by God to walk in a certain way. Now, but along the way, things happen to us that has created a bent. This bend makes us deviate from the original pattern and we begin to walk a different course. Now, when God created us, he created, he said, before you were born, I knew you. So he knew you, that you were Rachel. He knew you, he created you, and he determined your course in life. That at this particular time, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. He knew your purpose. He knew everything. He had, he had it all planned out because he knew you. But a long life, now when God, when God created you and you were born, there was something that he gave to you. He gave you a will of your own. Now, God does not force anything down your throat. Okay, now, along life as we lived, walking, we were born into parents, maybe wonderful parents or not so wonderful parents or not so good parents. We were born into wealthy homes or not so wealthy homes or poor homes, but we were born. And along the way, Different things happen to us. Maybe things that somebody hears and the person doesn't even see as a normal thing. Or maybe traumatic experiences. These different things happen to us along the way. And if we were supposed to be walking this way, this way, when things happen to us, it creates a bent and sometimes we start walking this way. Now, this is the path, this is the way God has designed for us to walk. Or sometimes we are like that uh, little boy who run, you know, I don't know if that comedy is, you know, the little boy that was running a race and was holding a baton and then at the end of the day, he turned this way and started running like this and everybody was saying, hey, wait, wait, not that way. Now, some of us are like that, unfortunately, because things have happened to us in life okay please back to my slide now a fry pan cannot do the work of a pot and even when it thinks it has made some kind of success in its eyes it will never mark a success in the eyes of its designer the designer made a fry pan to do the work of a fry pan now even if you now say okay i need a pot and i don't have a pot okay the fry pan wants to do the work of a pot now, no matter how the fry pan says, oh, I am successful and I have done some kind of work, it still will not be success in the eyes of the designer because that's not the way it was created to be. Now, we live through life. Some of us may live, we've been talking about inner healing and, 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 and the things that uh, inner healing is about. And then some of us say that, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm doing well in life. So, I really don't need inner healing. I have had a lot of people say, ah, who wants to do the inner healing for me? Ah, no, nothing is wrong with me. I live through life. I'm successful right now. I'm married. I'm doing a, a business. I'm succeeding at everything I'm doing. No, I'm not arguing with you. Beautiful. But sometimes, like Reverend Ben said yesterday, how do you define success? What's your idea of success? Are you successful in the eyes of the creator? I might, I might say today, oh, I've done well. I've, 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 um, I'm a successful counselor. I'm a successful. Now, the question is, 
Is that the purpose of God for your life? Is that the kind of success that God does? God wants you to be a counselor or God wants you to be a footballer. You're a successful actress. Does God want you to be an actress? Or God just wanted you to be a nurse? Or probably God just wanted you to be a homemaker? Now, these are the things that we have indications to, but challenges in life sometimes take us away from them. Now, this bend sets us on a chase looking for a missing puzzle whether we are aware there is a bent or not. My brother spoke yesterday and then he said something. I, I just want to add a little bit to it. I was a daddy's girl. My father, it, it, it was that, to that extent that nobody had ever beaten me. You don't, you don't beat me. It was even so bad that there was a, I can remember very clearly, there was a time my mom punished me and told me to kneel down. No, it was a, wasn't a big deal. But when I heard my father's car, hey, I said, cry. <sighs> I see somebody had murdered me. No, that's the kind of person, the, 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 the kind of daddy's girl I was. You know, I, we, we could ask for anything. I could ask for anything. I like to believe that I was my father's, you know, when it came to myself and my elder brother, it was like there was a competition. You are for your mother and for my father. You know, and that made me, I never really, really, I was never really close to my mom. I was always for my dad. I, I won't take much of your time, but when my father died, actually, my brother said this, yes, but you know when he said it, you think that it was the next day that I heard that he told me that, ah, they said that he's dead. I actually heard him say that when they were looking at a newspaper. They had sent us to somebody's house. Nobody told me that, ah, your father is dead though, and all of that. At least I didn't hear it from anybody's mouth. I actually saw it on the newspaper when they were saying it. Oh, this, the obituary of your father's death. Now, the thing that happened was that I actually felt nothing. And for a long time, I felt nothing. Now, not that if you beat me, I won't cry. Not that, yeah, a lot of things used to get to me. But growing older, I realized that I became two persons in one. Anytime you see me, even till now, you first hear me before you see me. I mean, ah, I, I can't say that I will come here and keep quiet. Even if I promise myself I come to this place today, nobody will hear my voice. I will keep quiet. I'll be nice. I'll be gentle. No, no, you see somebody like uh, uh, Auntie Hanatu, no, very calm. Don't hear her voice. You understand? But me, you must hear my voice. I must, uh, uh, I must portray myself. You understand? I always was like that. But inside of me, there was a, there was a person who desperately wanted to be on her own. I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of people, colleagues, that and I would smile and laugh. I was always smiling. You know, this smile has always been there. I would smile and laugh. But honestly, you see that relationship I had with you? My best friends were the movies I watched. Were the series I used to watch. I don't watch, I don't watch films. I watch series. Because, you know, they had a long run. And those people were my friends. If somebody died in that series, I would mourn in real life. I could connect with them. Now, saying it now, it didn't... But then, it was, it was that bad... 
I remember when someone in this church who was very close to us died then. I cried. But that was when I actually realized that I had a problem. I was crying, but the inside of me wasn't crying. You know, the inside of me was like, I'm going to do quick, I go watch my film so that I can be with my people. You know, I, I don't know how to explain it more, but I was two persons in one. And later on, I actually, you know, there's something you call split personality. They call it multi, um, multi personality, M, auntie, doctor, multi, something, something, something personality syndrome or whatever. Uh, or, uh, you know, and God helps me. A lot of people are in the hospital because of this kind of things. They had, they said that they have three personalities, three things are talking inside there, three human beings and all of that. I was actually two people. And I was leaving. And everybody was looking at me. I could be screaming. And I'm not in touch with that screaming. I'm just screaming for screaming sake. I could be talking to you. But I'm not in touch with that talking to you. If I wasn't in touch with reality. The me then was like looking at everything that was happening for me. Fence. I, I didn't know what was happening. I couldn't, I couldn't connect. No, that's the word. I couldn't connect with anything. Let's go on. It says, this Ben says on, on a chase looking for a missing uh, puzzle, whether we are aware there is a bent or not. Now, I, I, I loved my father very well and I think he was the only person I could really relate to then. Not as if he was always at home. But I just enjoyed his love. The love, the attention he showered me, I enjoyed it. And from the day he died, the way the home became, my mom had to do a lot of jobs. You know, dad was, my, my mom was working in the bank, yes, but my dad was really the one, you know, you had everything, we're living large, living in GRA at that time, everything. So things started vanishing from the table. And then my mom, really did not have enough time to care for us when i say care i mean that interaction and so for me at that little age i felt she didn't care and then i was very close to my brother but he now went to boarding house and then he wasn't there anymore so it was like i was on my own now i'm six years older than the other one and the girl and the boy were very close and so i felt like i was on my own i went to school i went to i did everything but i was on my own i now felt that i had to do a lot of things because those extra praises i used to get those things oh you're looking oh my baby girl my ada all of that i wasn't hearing them anymore and so i started something inside of me started searching for those things which got me into relationships that were always terrible now my father left my brother said something yesterday my father left and he said he was coming back and he never came back and i started getting into relationships that they would love me in quotes and then something will just happen Something will just happen that, for no reason, nobody say we quarrel, nobody say, but they, they just leave. 
And I kept asking myself, what is happening? Why do people love and live? Okay? Please put my slide back. back. It determines now when this bent, this thing, remember I told you, you are working a cause, but challenges in life now cause a bend that take you to another cause. Now, it determines your perspective, your worldview, the way you see yourself, your circumstances, others, and ultimately the Godhead. Now, what happened to me now made me feel like nobody really liked me. Nobody was really, they, they, would, all, they would all go and never come back. Or things were, so I became careful in my relationships. And without knowing, I started disconnecting. Now that was the beginning of me having two personalities. So I could be close to this person today and I, I, I want to try and put together what really happened. So I'm going to read that again, please. He said, it determines your belief systems which ultimately determines your experiences. Now, the first thing is that I had a mindset. I had a worldview. I had a thinking pattern that the people who truly love me will always leave for no reason and never come back. And that formed, first of all, it formed the way I saw Father God. From the way I saw, you know, from the way I saw the Godhead. I remember I was a church girl. I was never really a bad guy. I never went to a club. I never went to, I never ever did any bad things like that. You understand? Because, because I was always under an authority figure from one place to the other. You know, I told you I met Pastor K at a young age. And you know Pastor K now. Nothing passes this Ayo. So, a boy cannot just come outside from outside. You understand? You can't just wake up in the morning and say, I'm going out. You not carry your bag. I'm going out. You must define where you are going to. If you are going to market, 30 minutes, you have not still come back. Where are you? And then, Pastor K got married and, ah, my father was another thing. Hey, you cannot wear red lipstick today. For those of us who were there, that is, who gave you this lipstick? I'll say, ah, Papa, lipstick again. He will say, no, let me know where the lipstick is coming from. You cannot wear a shoe. He will ask, why are you wearing Jennifer's shoe? This is how Jukokoro comes, so don't wear Jennifer's shoe. Or you wear a shoe, ah, Papa, it's my shoe. Who gave you this shoe? No, I know I didn't buy this shoe for you. Who gave you? And then you now tell him, okay, is this person that gave me? Ah, he wants to know whether it's that person that gave you the truth. And believe me, we ask the person. Are you the one who gave and will this shoe? So, I was, I, I, not that I wasn't angry or anything. I wasn't ever rebellious. I just, I was just, so these were the things that curtailed me from really being a bad girl. So when people are going to a club, in fact, then in the house, maybe the girls in the house, they want to go somewhere. No, in as much as um, my mother was a very strict person. She was also a chemo, you understand? She knows how to understand things. So if you now tell her, Mama, we are going out to, she will help you to plan it. Ah, this one will say, I'm going to market. Okay, bye-bye. Go and buy something for me in the market. This one will say, ah, my mommy sent me a message. Okay, go and buy. My sister will say, I'm going to school. I was the only person who didn't have anything. She will not say, I'm don't worry, yeah. Don't worry, they come back. They will give us gist. And so, because I didn't have, I wasn't in school at, as of that time, even when I got into BIU. 
BIU was go and come back. So I didn't have anywhere I was really going to. When I was really dating my husband, he was dating me from the house. Don't go and see him in his house. So I was just saying that to say there was really no chance for me to be a bad girl. But really, in my heart, I was a bad girl. So I was living two different lives. Now, this formed my belief system that everybody who loved me would leave. And because of that, please my slide. And because of that, I started having these experiences because they became, they formed my belief. So anybody I felt that really, really, really loved me, I just realized that, or let me say, okay, the father figures. I remember I was in a relationship, a beautiful relationship, and all of a sudden, the person just stopped talking to me for no reason. I called and called, nothing. And then the person called like two years later after he got married. In fact, I heard he got married and all of that. I'm just giving you an example. And I heard after two years, and then he said, calling me out of the blue when he was married and said, ah, he didn't know what happened and all of that. And he still loved me. But anyway, that's old story. Oh, just his loss. Okay. Now, what I'm trying to say is that is why inner healing is very important. Because after taking this course, after working another course, I had a, a mindset. I had a worldview, the way I started seeing things, the way I started seeing people, and the way I started seeing uh, God the Father. I was someone who was beautiful in the choir. I was the MD of the choir, and I would sing, and things would happen. But I had a challenge with connecting with Father, with Father God. I had a serious challenge, in fact, with the Godhead. And then I got married, still a church girl. And I knew my husband loved me, but we had a serious challenge. I just could not connect. Now, let me tell you one of the ways that I couldn't connect. I taught love languages, but I didn't know what my love language was. It became a challenge. Is it that I liked touch? Maybe today I will like this one. Tomorrow I will not like uh, uh, quality. Thank you to be near me. The same me that likes you to be near me, I will pursue you tomorrow. You are just irritating me. It was an issue for me because I now had split personality. I didn't know which was which. And it affected me so much because remember, because of the things that, ha that happened to me, I started holding back. To me, I was holding back so that I wouldn't be heartbroken. But I didn't realize that it became so bad that I was holding back from everybody and everything without even acknowledging it, without even knowing it. So when I got married, I'm just trying to pick a few things. When I got married, it was so bad that it even affected our sex life. Now, I was the teacher in love and life. And my, my basic course was sex kitchen. And I would teach people about sex and teach people about everything. And they would come back and say, oh, thank you very much. But it couldn't work in my life. These were just principles. In, maybe my husband is not at home. Oh. 
and there are no children here. And then I feel honey and I feel all of that and I feel oh, okay. When he comes back today, I wear a short nika. But immediately I see my husband. Ah. I go just pull that nika. In fact, it's me by myself that I'll be looking for how we will fight. So that he will not tell me, sister, what's up? I was, because that headache is a, what is it called? I would just, and then he would tell me, what is the matter? What is happening? Ah. And then I started asking myself, but really, what is happening? Until I encountered inner healing. The truth of it is that no matter how okay you think you are, until you encounter the love of the Father, you do not understand the extent of the damage that has happened to you. So you see, you are walking, you are looking nice. You are looking like Mama said. It's not a, It's not about you being. No, I. I was. I was actually molested when I was young, about three years. But that really did not affect me. Because I realized, you know, in inner healing, we ask you what's the root, what the root issue is. I discovered that that really didn't affect me. Why? I don't know. But the truth of it is that I was searching for something. Inner healing, let's go on, please. On next slide. Okay, let's go forward. Take the scripture. Let's name. Now, the purpose of inner healing, Mama has talked about what inner healing is all about and, and, and I just want to bring it out a little bit the first one for me this is my experience with inner healing the first one is to make us aware when I was living all that way having two personalities and not knowing that I had two personalities when I was I would laugh with you play with you but inside me you see I can be in this hall now we're all gisting and playing but I desperately want to go home, me and my tab or my laptop or my phone with movies. That was my life. I wasn't aware something was wrong with me. I couldn't connect to you. I, would, I can do follow-up. I can do that. But you know when you are connected to someone you know? There's that connection. I was, see, I was, I didn't have an issue. I've never really been admitted in any hospital. I want, I want us to say that. I've never had an accident that you say, accident, accident. I've never, you know, the things that cause trauma, I never really had it. I, I was with mama and papa and I had the best of the, you know, when mama loves you, mama loves you. But all those love that they gave to me, I never, there was never a heart-to-heart connection. So, the second one is that, so we can exchange lies for the truth of God's words. Now, one lie I believed was that the people I love will always go away for no reason. So, I built up a wall so that when they go, I don't go feel anything. And then, another lie I realized that I had recently is the lie that Father God really did not care. Now, I didn't know I had that lie. Until one day, things were happening. People were giving testimonies. And I said, I said, but really, you, do you know that nothing has ever happened to me? You know, I began to equate the fact that I lived a good life, as in I lived a life where 
It's not as if I was a prostitute and God called me back. It's not as if uh, I had one accident and God saved me from the accident. It's not as if I'm robbers came to my house. I quitted it and I, I didn't know I was holding back. So really, really, I never used to ask God for anything. I never used to ask him for a car. I didn't ask him. I didn't ask God. My prayer, if I'm praying, my prayer points were either about others. There was no personal prayer point. So anytime they tell us in church, write a prayer point, I will be looking at my book. What will I write now? What will I write now? I never had anything to write. So I never had anything to go back to. And when they say fly your uh, give you give a thanksgiving list, I'll tell myself I really don't have any thanksgiving list. People will give testimony. I'll tell myself I really don't have any testimony. Until one day it hits me. You know, I, I say this usually. God always talks to me a lot when I'm washing plates. I love to wash plates. When I'm washing plates. And one day I heard this. He said, To whom much is given, much is expected. And I said, saying, I said, You see, Anna. Because you love this person. You did this for this person. You did this for this person. And then he told me, really. He said, I remember about 18 years ago, I went to meet Pastor Ken. I said, Mama, my life is not really interesting. No, things don't really happen to me. Great things don't happen to me. Mama told me, she said, some of you are like, he said, in the eyes of God, some people are like eggs that need to be carried gently because of the destiny that they have. To me, it didn't make any sense. What was she saying? But then, that day, God reminded me of that. He said, I have carried you like an egg all this while. And you tell me I have done nothing for you. Okay, and I said, so you want to be in an arm robbery attack before you know that I can save you. You want to be in this. You want to be. And I realized that the things I am not seeing, just because the physical thing did not happen, I just believe that God really didn't care about me. Now, I was living my life with those lies. That Father God really didn't care. And because I thought that, I just, I just felt, I didn't ask for anything. I didn't expect anything. I don't expect anything big. If you tell me now today that you will give me something, in my mind I will say, now so you will soon forget. No need. And really, really, you will forget. I was actually experiencing my beliefs. Somebody will tell me, oh, I'll do your Christmas shopping for you. Don't worry. Christmas will come and go. The person won't even say anything. And it got to a point, I stopped caring. My husband will tell me, I will give you this. Don't worry. Is this it? He won't give me. And I trained myself. I know they ask. I better not be beggar. So that was what it was for me. Until the day that it clicked. And I told Father God, I am so sorry. Now, there were lies I was believing. With inner healing, you become aware and begin to open your eyes to see the lies that the enemy, you know what the enemy wants to do to you? He wants, now that you are a Christian, fine, be a Christian, is okay. But what he wants to stop you from having is having a relationship with the Father. What God wants from us, now, in inner healing, God wants to bring us back to the original design that he made us. He made you in a certain way. But the enemy knows that when you enter that certain way, you will enter a relationship with the Father. Sometimes we think we, we know that we are Christians. We have given our lives to Christ. So the enemy 
makes us believe that that is all. You have given your life to Christ, you have given your life to Christ. But we discover that there are little foxes that spoil the batch. But he doesn't want you to feel that anything is wrong with it. So, you are a Christian, but gossip is your occupation. You are a Christian, but you see, not, there's nothing wrong with sleeping with a guy that you love or sleeping with a girl that you love. There's nothing wrong with you just taking the extra 2,000 naira. It's normal. You, you, you take it and there's nothing that pinches you. Now, they said, today they said, press a reset button. I want you to look at yourself. If you have given your life to Christ and there is something you do that doesn't bother you, you keep malice. In your mind, you justify it. You tell yourself that, no, I beg. It's because he annoyed me. He annoyed you. You don't want to talk to him again. Whether you like it or not, it's keeping malice. But we Christianize everything. Now, if you have those little, little foxes in your life and you don't see anything wrong with it, then there is a challenge. You are not aware. The enemy has made you believe lies. Then you now tell yourself, okay, there is nothing actually in my life that I'm doing bad. I'm not doing anything wrong. But how's your relationship with God? Is it easy for you? See, there is a challenge if you don't hear God talking to you. There is a challenge. Mama taught us, God is not an invincible being. That's the purpose of all this God's secret weapon. That's what she has been. We are encamping around God. You need to feel in Moses. You can sit with God and start telling him, ah, this one that you did. No, God, I'm not just happy today. I'm not happy at all. But like mama said, before you do that, make sure you have a relationship with him. If you are a Christian and you still believe that God, hey, this sin that I committed today, you think about it, think about it, because we are not perfect. Maybe you fall or you have an issue or you told a lie. If it's very difficult for you to go back and tell him you are sorry, you have, an, you have a challenge. So the enemy makes you believe these lies and you see these lies as your life, as truth. That's why I gave her a glasses. Now with her glasses, she can read perfectly. It's her perfect lens. But I gave her somebody else's lenses. How many of us are living life, living our lives through the lenses of, of other people? Through the opinion, the lens you are using, is that the lens that God has given to you? Is that what you are walking through life with? Then some of us, we pick up crutches. God has made you to walk with your two legs. But you have decided to pick, a, a, pick up a crutch. Now, what am I trying to say? There are things that we decide because some of us now become aware that, oh, there's something missing. Now, instead of seeking the ultimate father, who is the only one who can fill that thing up? We start picking up other things to fill. We pick up women. We, we pick up, we even pick things like gambling. We keep, pick up gambling. Anything that makes you excited Anything that take, makes you fill in a void that is not God is a crutch. Anything at all. Whether it be drink, whether it be sex, whether it be uh, 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 lies, whatever it is at all. Some of us, we like, to, we like to shop. You know, when you shop, you feel fine. But the truth of it is that it's, it, it's just a little time. And the devil is giving you like this. Small, small. Today you take ten. Tomorrow, 
You shop today, you shop with 10,000. Tomorrow, you will shop with 100,000. But unfortunately, it's only short. So you have to go back and go back and go back. And before you know what is happening, you are already a slave. That's what the enemy wants to do. But Father God wants to bring you to your original design. Please, let's quickly take that so that the next slide, please. The next slide. Inner healing is not magic. So some of us say, ah, I don't do inner healing, I beg you, not the work. I don't go. Now, Vumbama, now, do the inner healing for me. Pastor K. Doan by himself. I still have this issue. Inner healing is not a fairy tale where one fairy godmother takes a one and hits your head like Cinderella and then you now marry the prince and you live life happily ever after. No. It's not that. You know why? Because God has made you a responsible person. Inner healing is like peeling the onion. Let's, for instance, let's take me. I lived that life of being having a dual personality for more than 20 years. I don't expect that one session with, with a practitioner or a prayer minister will change my entire life. Yes, it opens my eyes to the things and shows me the truth and shows me how to work. But I also have a responsibility. And the thing about God is he does not he doesn't barrage you with everything at once because at every point in time you have had wounds from different places you have had father wounds you have had mother wounds you have had sibling wounds you have had wounds from friends you have had wounds from circumstances like pastor uh, Ota said you cannot be in this Nigeria and not have a wound or something you can have wound. You go to ATM. Somebody will like my sister was telling me the other day. She went to the ATM and stood, and there was an empty space here. They were in their own line, though. And then somebody left that line, and she just decided, "Let me go to that line." And then the man said, "No, no, no, no. It's not your turn." And she looked at the man. I don't understand. You're on your own queue. I just he said, "No. As far as that uh, ATM has started working, go. It's, it's either this man in front or me first. She now said. She kept it quiet. And the man said, if you go to that place, I will slap you. I will slap you. And she now said, oh God, you can't slap me. She left. The man left the ATM. He did not collect money again. He followed her out. You this small girl. Come here, I will slap you. Now, she could just have been wounded from that. You see, the man has his own wound. So wounded people wound others. So every day we meet people who are wounded. We are wounded by our leaders. We wound other people. Other people wound us. So it's just a, a, it's just a vicious circle. So God does not want to bring everything one. So every day he shows you a picture and says, okay, you need to be healed here. So that we are not overwhelmed. So inner healing, that's why we say inner healing is like an onion. Every layer is peeled. Each time a layer is removed as we keep encountering the Father's love. So now that you are done here today, tomorrow you go to worship and then you just say, Father, it's me. It's just me. It's just two of us. I'll put you in front. I'll do everything. In that place, you encounter the Father again and he washes you and removes another layer. But it has to be a responsibility. 
Apostle Paul put it this way. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through which Jesus Christ is calling us. So there is no, I am a senior matured person, so I will not keep going for more. Whether you are a pastor, a bishop, whether you have been born again for 20 years, whether you tell yourself there is, there is just something more, there is more that you can go for, more encounters, more love with him. I hope we all know that the fact that you can prophesy or you can do something does not mean that you are matured in the spirit. Every time we keep equating that and we forget that. I'm trying to rush because I know that Pastor K has done this. Now, in inner healing, the most important factor is you. Please say that with me. The most, factor, the most important factor is me. You know why I said that? Because you have the responsibility. I like to use this illustration all the time. If you are drowning and you are shouting, help me, help me. If you don't put your hands up, no one can really help you. So, if you know you have a challenge, you need to seek for help. One. And then you need to take the responsibility of ensuring that the help that is given to you, you take it and you work it out. The Bible says, work out your salvation. You need to be responsible enough to read the scriptures. Responsible enough. You cannot say, oh, I did deliverance today. But... In the next month, I realized that I'm even worse off than I was. See, for that church, they're not going to be do deliverance. Not mind them. They'll just the say they're doing and nothing, you Because when I go there, now only verse at the verse. But now, I just scatter. So I was. The truth of it is, now what does scripture tell us? He said, when a demon leaves, he will now go around then he will now come back to check if this place I, I left is still vacant. And when he realizes it's vacant, he will not come alone. No. He will go back and say, hey, brother, sister, mona, come. This place is now vacant. But you know, these scriptures are scriptures that we all can quote, but we don't relate it to our life. Because if we do relate it to ourselves, we will pursue God. Not pursue him with a motive of oh, I want to pursue him with a motive of I love you. A motive of that I love him so much. Now let's take I want us to see the last scripture. Just the last scripture before we conclude. He says okay, we all know God loves us very much. The last one, God loves us very much and he wants he wants each and every one of us to be whole. He wants each and every one of us to experience the complete package of the freedom that he has given to you. God will not send his, his son to die on the cross for you and me. So that you just become a Christian and you are still having the hardships, the, 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 the issues of lust, the issues of fear, the issues of anger that you are experiencing. No. He wants you to experience total freedom. All right. The last scripture you say, 
See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Let me, let me take the last one from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 29, 18 says, I am making this covenant with you so that no one among you, no man, woman, clan, or tribe will turn away from the Lord our God to worship these gods of other nations and so that no root among you bears bitter and poisonous fruit. Those who hear the warnings of this cause should not congratulate themselves thinking I am safe even though I am following the desires of my own stubborn heart. This would later end in ruin, lead to utter ruin. So what I'm trying to tell us today is we can no longer work with kid gloves. We can no longer take things for granted. When there is an issue, work it out. That's the reason why you are aware. Right now, you have come to the door of inner healing. You are now aware that I have this challenge, so I will work it out. You can no longer keep malice like it's a normal thing. You can no longer gossip like it's a normal thing. There must be something inside that's ringing a bell and telling you, this gossip is wrong. This thing you just did now. And once your conscience tells you this thing is wrong, no matter where you are, quickly drop it and tell God you are sorry. And then look for, if it is something, somebody you did some, something to apologize. Or if someone does something to you, now Nina Lee will always say something. Take a bag, when you are leaving the house in the morning, eh? especially in this Nigeria, collect a bag of forgiveness so that as you are going, somebody just does something to you, just open the bag and, and, and quickly dash the person. I'm not saying you tell the person, I dash you forgiveness. That's how they say, I dash forgiveness. But in your heart, consciously, for, you know why? You know why we allow bitterness to enter into us and grudge? It's because we, we leave it. We bet with it. You know, somebody matches me this morning. Instead of me to just say, oh God. And maybe the person insulted me. I say, ah, until you match me, you say, who you be? I bet they go. Now, instead of now sitting down and say, who I be? This girl, this woman, they tell me who I be. Instead of relieving it, quickly, forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice. It's not that I feel like forgiving this person. No. It's a choice. And then you tell yourself, I choose to forgive.